Hi, everyone. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome program Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? What's up, man? I'm awesome. Thank you. How are you? Hey, I'm always doing well. And the topics we have, Dave, you just never know. And we have just different ones. But the Royals, I know my wife loves the Royals. And I think mine um, too. Yeah, I'm sure your wife as well. And uh, <laughs> so let's introduce our guest. Kristen Cantina, and she's praised as spectacular and addictive by Kirkus Reviews, A House Full of Windsor. Uh, basically, it talks about London from the 1980s to the present time, and uh, it's a book. And uh, welcome to the show, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll just kind of jump right into specifically your background. Did you always love the Royals before even covering them? Was that something I did? Yeah. I mean, my mom was really big into Princess Diana when I was growing up. So that was always you know, part of my childhood. And as I got older, I studied abroad in London. So I became, you know, more interested in British culture and, you know, the Royals kind of myself. But I think it really culminated when Will and Kate got got married in 2011. It was all you were hearing. And I became interested in following her style and, you know, her charity work and things like that. And yeah, eventually I ended up writing about the Royal family. Have you ever been to London? Oh yeah. So I was there. Um, I studied abroad in London and I go back every year once or twice. So yeah. So you're, you're in it deep as they say. (laughs) Yeah. So let me ask you a question because my wife makes me watch this uh, this stuff on TV about the royals and and is it is it accurate the the uh, depiction of how they've done it um, is it really accurate or oh, is there crown. is it like a reality show and they embellish here and there? I mean, the crown specifically is a yes. drama and it's fiction. It's based on some true events, but. You know, especially if you're seeing them having private conversations, no one knows what private conversations they have. They're all made up. Um, So, yes, there is a degree of accuracy and, you know, following historical events, but a lot of it is embellished. So you just kind of take it as entertainment and, you know, the grain of salt. (laughs) And I think about it specifically the crown. I watched the first couple of seasons of it and I want to go back through it. But so from, from your research and what you know about the Royals, so a lot of this is embellished, the crown? Yeah, that. I mean, there are some, and there are so many articles out there that you can look up to compare, you know, actual facts versus what took place in the show. And yeah, there, there's a lot of things that might be embellished a bit. I actually, so the most recent season with Diana, I actually didn't finish it yet just because I found it very personally heavy of a topic and you really have to be in the mood to kind of want to watch that and you know, everything that happened with them obviously didn't have a happy ending. So, you know, sometimes you have to be in the mood to watch it. So I really didn't actually finish the most recent season. We've also been watching, you know, about the French uh, revolution and uh, all of the monarchies in in Russia and uh, different European countries. Why do you think that England is the only one that didn't go through uh, a devastating revolution the way all the others did? I mean, they did at one point, the king was beheaded, so, uh, <laughs> you know, they were through the monarchy. But they're still here, they're still here. <laughs> it's just, you know, a sense of tradition and, you know, 
all of those things that have somehow continued on and people love the pageantry and, you know, look up to, I mean, modern day Royals now is more about charity work and carrying out these initiatives and getting involved in communities, which I think helps them continue on because people see them out and about and, you know, talking to hospital workers during the pandemic and doing that kind of stuff where before it was just, you know, you're a figurehead and leaving town. But in the seventies, you know, there was always the threat that the people would revolt and get rid of the Royals. They're tired of paying their bills and their extravagance and this and that. Is that threat always going to follow them around? Oh yeah. I mean, there's always the people that are going to be against it and what they have to do is work hard to prove their value. And (laughs) I think pandemic, especially able to do that. So it's interesting. We should talk about their value. What is their value by the way? I think the value is like I said, them carrying out charity work and initiatives to help in local community. I mean, especially in the UK, they're, you know, on the ground going to say hospitals, schools, you know, different places, meeting people in communities. Um, Prince William has something called the Earthshot Prize, which is like the Nobel Prize for environmental work, which is new and trying to, you know, work on climate change and things like that. And Kate's doing a whole project with the early years with young children where basically getting children a better start, you know, under the age of five to avoid things like drug abuse or things down the road that could be prevented by having like a healthy foundation. So they're creating these initiatives and trying to, you know, make communities better. So thinking about the the process of the world, so that's an interesting point that's because bad PRs come out lately on the worlds that I think mm-hmm. that you look at the good that they do. And that's great that you're we're bringing this out now. And I'm sure with your book coming out, you're happy to be able to bring some of the positive things about the Royals when there's a lot of negative things going out there, especially what's come out in the news this last six months to a year. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's been, I think, a good time for my book to come out just because they are in the news so much. I mean, especially in the past year and you know, good or bad, they're, they're in the news and people are talking about them. So that's actually been a bit of a benefit to me in terms of marketing, because, you know, my cover has crowns and Union Jacks and everything all over it. Um, It is very in your face. Like this is, has to do with the Royal family, but at the end of it, you know, my book is also family drama and it is about a woman who's obsessed with the Royal family, but it's not a book necessarily about the Royal family. So it's, well, adjacent, I guess you would say. And it worked out and it works out for you because, and so, and I think that would you, what side would you go on? Would you go on the side of mostly pro for the Royals and what's come out in the news last year, or would you kind of be in the middle, especially because you've covered them? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different conflicting opinions and strong opinions there. And it's hard when you, are hearing things and trying to report on them objectively. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're a family like anyone else and families have squabbles and they have drama and, you know, you work it out eventually, usually. Yeah. It seems like the most uh, common problem with these dysfunctional Royal families is that they seem to fall in love with non-Royal, non-royalty and, uh, you know, everyone seems to have a problem with it. And then divorce, you know, they, they discover they're not happy and they want to divorce. And, and uh, it's such a sad, sad story to watch 
even in modern days, you know, the, the, the stories that they just can't be together or they're, they have to be shunned or, or debarred or whatever the term is when you're, when you're uh, defrocked from the royal family. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. that dysfunction never going to go away? <laughs> no. I mean, as long as couples are going to get divorced, I don't see that ever, you know, going away. But that was actually a theme I wanted to play on in my novel because the woman, Debbie, who's one of the main characters, marries this British guy. And he's from, you know, very wealthy family, not royal or anything. But, you know, they have this huge estate and she's getting married at the same time as Charles and Diana. And she relates to her because they're both kind of marrying into these wealthy families and just out of kind of overwhelmed and not necessarily feeling welcome at the time. And they go through some of the same highs and lows as Charles and Diana do. And you see them getting, you know, having kids around the same time, getting separated at the same time. And so she feels this kinship to her. And I kind of wanted to play on that theme of, you know, marrying into this family that's kind of larger than life. And, you know, what happens when you're a bit of a fish out of water in that sense. And it was interesting to explore in fiction in, you know, just a normal family. The normal family. And that's the interesting. So the book in a lot of ways that you wanted, what was the reasons to not write it exactly like a tell all of the royal family? What was your thought process of how you created the story? So, I mean, I'm a fiction writer, so I didn't necessarily set out to write about the royal family. And I mean, I, you know, there's so many historical fiction books, about yeah. royal things like that. And even, you know, I think people are starting to include more modern people like Queen Elizabeth and whatnot. Um, but actually, I got the idea because I was watching an episode of Hoarders one weekend and this woman on the show was talking about how her mother's collecting had impacted her life in just every aspect, you know, her relationships, her career. And I thought that's really interesting. And I wanted to take a look at someone whose, you know, obsession with collecting something could lead to the downfall of their marriage, to, you know, their children having fractured relationships. And just because I do write about the Royals, I thought it would be interesting to throw that in as the theme and, so Debbie, you know, is very obsessed with the royal family and her collecting, you know, Princess Diana dolls and cups and all kinds of things. Her house, you know, gets out of control. It ends up in part destroying her marriage. There are other factors in that. But um, yeah, I really wanted to kind of take a look at someone and, you know, people look up to celebrities and feel like they know them. And I think there's this culture of, you know, adoring celebrities or royals and, I wanted to take a look at that in a woman, just like an average, you know, she's not wealthy or famous or anything. It's an average family and kind of how that can impact your life. Now, this fictional person who's obsessed with the royal family that you write about in your book, I mean, I'm sorry, I got to ask this. Is it you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think our similarities kind of end in the sense that we both studied abroad in London. (laughs) I like to, you know, have the... And you, and you are a little obsessed, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a hobby that a lot of people have in following the royal family. And, you yeah. know, it's interesting, but I it, think. It hasn't to, destroyed your book. marriage or anything like that. It hasn't destroyed my marriage. I just, you know, have my home office decorated. And <laughs> hey, but see, that's the fun thing. That's what spices life up. We all have our passions, and especially yeah, I mean, passions, because... 
we find something that we've enjoyed since our childhood. In some ways, we luck out in those ways and, and get to live it. Now, I'm just amazed at the fact, and definitely people need to check out the book, but to be to have the opportunity to cover it, that really is a, being a journalist and having the opportunity. How wild was it for you? It just was it so real when you were covering it? Yeah, I mean, it's int- I was so I wasn't writing for Royal Central at the time, but I did go to Harry and Meghan's wedding. Just you know, I was blogging at the time and doing some media appearances in London. So I was there, you know, outside. I obviously wasn't in the church or anything like that, but it's very surreal to you know, be there in that kind of large scale event and, you know, the crowds and everyone cheering and it's just, what's this atmosphere you can't really describe. So yeah, it was a bit surreal, you know, in that sense. And when you are able to go to things and, you know, the queen is not that far away, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And it's great when you can combine a, you know, hobby or passion of yours into work as well. I, I think that's awesome for sure. That's what I try to do in my radio and TV show is it became a hobby, started as really a hobby just because I want to do entertainment again to now make it's my work too. So it all works out in the long run and monetization, figuring all those things out and getting the opportunity to interview amazing people and amazing stories for sure. And uh, that's, that's the key thing. So Dave, we talked about on this program last week, it's about, you know, brand building, but also staying to your mission, right, Dave? Yep, we're staying to your mission. <laughs> and Dave, you're staying to it in caregiving, right? <laughs> For sure. I am staying my mission. Um, I have I wear many hats, but uh, the big hat is uh, caregiving because my wife had a stroke 25 years ago and she lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And so, you know, I've written uh, four books now about uh, different things, the stroke or memoirs of my gas station, which I own for, you know, 45 years. But um, I truly believe that everyone is going to eventually become a caregiver at one point or they're going to need a caregiver. So I always talk to people about, you know, are you prepared for this tsunami of caregiving? You know, all these uh, baby boomers are getting older. They're going to need care facilities, a shortage of facilities, shortage of caregiving. Do you ever give thought to that, uh, Kristen? Um. About, about the caregiving about no, I mean, having no. having to you know maybe care for your parents one day etc oh yeah i mean i'm just having this conversation right now with a friend of mine whose mother is in the hospital and you know she's a little bit older in terms of like people our age parents and she's really overwhelmed and literally like an hour ago having this conversation with her so it's interesting <laughs> yeah 30 percent of them actually die from the stress and and so Many yeah, more become hospital. A lot to think about. And, you know, it's, I, I agree. It's definitely important to plan yeah. for that sort of thing. Well, so I, I brought up a website, uh, caregiverdave.com. It's an online support group. And it, it's just filled with the tools and resources and to help people to not just survive or cope, but to thrive in caregiving. So that's, sure. that's my mission now. That's my brand. So, and it's interesting, Kristen, you had that conversation. And so we all have to look at it because people we know are caregiving and they're dealing with a lot and even people that are stuck at home with COVID, right. And have to care for their children. And it becomes a, can become a burden too, a challenge for them. They really don't have that me time. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, even in the past, I mean, I think any parent can relate in the past year being home and, you know, working from home and, 
all right, I'm juggling, you know, working and, you know, Royal Central is not my day job. Um, you know, something I'm passionate about and I enjoy doing, but it's, you know, a freelance thing. So I have a day job separately from this. I write fiction. So I have a lot going on. And then, you know, I have an eight-year-old son. Um, so yeah, the caregiving aspect is just kind of, I think, always present in a different way. So do you get to travel with Royal Central sometimes to go cover stuff still? I've been, um, so I've been writing for them since 2018 and with COVID, you know, I haven't been able yeah. to go. I did go to Scotland in 2019 um, and covered, there was a Harry and Meghan wedding exhibition with their wedding, you know, her wedding gown and his outfits and stuff, which was interesting to see. I was already planning to go there with my family. So I covered did some work while I was there and wrote some articles while I was there, but I haven't specifically got to go anywhere since then because of COVID. So you yeah. do Zoom? Do you say so you do that? Do they do the Zoom press conferences with the Royals now because of? Yeah, they're doing. They were doing. Um, they were doing a lot of Zoom things, and now they're moving back into the in, in-person events, which I think is great because you know you can reach more people and meet more people. It's you know it's just different than doing Zoom, but it was nice to have that option that you know, during 2020 and earlier this year to be able to at least reach out to someone on the computer. Exactly. Yeah, the UK is supposed to be opening up. I'm supposed to be there in September. To you're in good shape, the... Dave. I think you're in good shape for UK. You might, go, so, get, huh? you might, you might go go to the US. You have to figure out a way to, <laughs> yeah, I might not to, to get back into the US. Because I don't think in the US you're going to be able to go, but from what I hear, the UK <laughs> is doing fine. Unlike us, no. but they're coming under a lot of criticism. The rest of Europe is calling them irresponsible, and you know, oh, really? Freedom Day thing. Yeah, I, I just checked out an article uh, yesterday saying that that's because more than the vaccines. Always interesting, but and again, best place to connect with you, Kristen, is where and purchase your book. Where can we go? So I'm most active on social media on Instagram. I'm at uh, royally Kristen C. That's K R I S T I N. And my website is kristencontino.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-C-O-N-T-I-N-O. And what is what should we look out for with the Royals right now? What's the newest, latest news, gossip? We got to get something from you. Especially. Oh, boy, there's so much going on right now. Well, right now, actually, is traditionally the summer break. So the Queen goes to Balmoral in Scotland. Um, the Cambridges always take a break. There's really not a whole lot going on in August. So a lot of times more like gossipy things end up coming out during this time because people don't have anything else to do or write about. <laughs> but right now, uh, Megan had her 40th birthday this week. So we've seen Megan uh, launch an initiative um, trying to get women to mentor. So it's for like basically donating 40 minutes of your time to a woman who's trying to get back into the workforce from the pandemic, you know, pandemic job losses. And so she's asked 40 of her famous friends to donate 40 minutes of their time and is also, you know, asking the public to try to donate, you know, their time to help other women who are trying, and not even necessarily women, but, you know, people trying to get back into the workforce. And she's very big into feminism and that sort of thing. Um, so that's her new initiative. And that just came out this week. And, you know, there's been some chatter about that as to whether that's you know really something that will work out and there's always going to be people who are critical of her and yes yeah, so, so some people love her and some people hate her that are royal fans. yeah she gets you know quite a lot of vitriol i think more than a lot of people in the family do um you know i think personally it's something that I think is great mentoring, especially when you're in a field like journalism or writing, where a lot of times it's who you know. 
And it's hard to break in sometimes. So even having that chat with someone who might be able to point you in the right direction or say, hey, I'll pass your resume along or, you know, XYZ places hiring, you can use my name. I mean, that's so helpful to someone who might not have an in that door. So I do think it's, you know, a great initiative, Um, but 40 minutes, maybe not, you know, might not be what someone needs. I think mentoring also needs to be longer term in some senses, but also it can be helpful to have a short meeting with someone who says, yes, I'll pass my resume, you know, pass your resume along, or I'll give you a contact or read your, you know, whatever. So I do see a benefit in it, but there's a lot of people being negative about it as usual. Well, we really enjoyed the time with you. I, again, I learned more about the Royals in a way, but also learned about specifically enough uh, Dave's questions on the Royals. Oh my goodness. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. So appreciate it. And Dave, anything else to add before we close out? I was just wondering if you had any English blood in you. <laughs> I do. I think I'm like 75 or 80. I did the ancestry. Uh, see, that's where, that's like, where this is all coming from. Yes. <laughs> Can't help yourself. So, yeah, I'm going to have to catch up on the crown. I definitely want to at one point in time because I enjoyed it. I'm a historian and it's very interesting, but it's also interesting to know what you're doing. So, how do you cover the Royals if you can't be there? Is it more about getting, can you get to make phone calls? Do you get to be part of certain things that you find out and then write articles on it? So the palace, um, their offices will send out press releases in advance when events are coming up. So we're well informed of what's going on. And sometimes they don't, I mean, sometimes things are announced after the fact, especially if there's like a security issue or, or something like that, where they don't really want people to show up they won't announce it in advance so sometimes it's really just you see on social media the royal family hi kate was at a school today visiting these kids and you're like was she great so then you're you know dropping everything to find out the information and pulling it together but other times you know well in advance so it's kind of easy to plan you know your coverage for those sorts of things so it's kind of a mix of you know, jumping when you hear something's going on versus planning ahead. And then also, you know, we're always thinking of ideas that are just kind of evergreen. And you know, I launched a um, fashion series this week talking about royal tours throughout the years. So people on our editorial team all gave, you know, their favorite outfits they have worn. And there's just so many different, you know, aspects of royalty that you can cover. Um, we also cover you know, the European royal families, Monaco, Sweden, all of those, um, Asia, Africa. So I specifically write more about the British royal family, but we have coverage about all these, you know, families around the world and what they're doing. So there's, there's always something going on and something to learn about. All right. Well, awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, that, again, that was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment, guys. Take care.